So uh, right now we're going to go ahead and introduce exactly how we start. Uh, this is how we start each okay. Sunday. We start with a few rules. And our first rule is very simple. Keep your hands and feet to yourself. And then our next rule is to show respect to our friends and our leaders like we always do. And then we remember these rules with a couple of actions. Remember, boys and girls, don't help me. We sit up, look up, and zip up. And rules are important even in church because, as we learn in the Bible all through the Old Testament, that obedience is important. And when we are disobedient, that's when problems come and strife happens. So we don't want any of that. But we do have punishments when we have trouble keeping our hands and feet to ourselves or looking at our teacher. The first time you may get like a friendly pat to help us remember, hey, I do see you. Let's do the right thing. And then if it keeps going, then we'll have to say, all right, buddy, let's go outside and talk about it just for a minute. When we go outside, we want to outside of the room with that other teacher. Uh, the child will know that we love them and we want to know like what's going on. Like how come we're having trouble sitting still today or keeping our hands and feet to ourselves? And then we will pray with them because we want them to know that we love them and God loves them and we're going to work through this behavior and have a good Sunday. So we, we pray with them. So that's what happens second. The third time, dun, 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 is the no fun chair. And do we like the no fun chair? No, but no one's ever had to go in it. So <laughs> it always stops with either one or two because we do not want the no fun chair because it is no fun. If we have to go to the no fun chair, then we do not get to play games. We don't get to sing songs. We get to sit there and have no fun. Then we'll have to let your mom and dad know what's going on. And then if that keeps going, then we'll come get mom and dad from the service to take it further than the no fun chair. <laughs> but we've never had to do that. And they are very um, obedient. And we talk about obedience a lot in children's worship. And with that, let's think about what obedience is. We have a definition. What is obedience? Let's see. Boys and girls, y'all want to stand up with me? Y'all help me do the motions for, we have motions for about everything to help us remember what is obedience. You want to go to the next one? Okay. Obedience. What we're supposed to do when we're told to do it with a right heart attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So obedience is important no matter how old we are and because that's what God requires of us. Now, Mr. James, we can talk about this a little bit more. Would you get my Bible for me, please? Sure. Let's see. God talks about obedience so much in his word. Um, There you go. Thank you for the water bottle. But what did I ask you for? Oh, your Bible. My Bible. Yeah, that would be great. I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. It happens. So thank you. So obedience is hard. And then sometimes it's not only just stops at what we're told to do. Sometimes 
it's when we're told to do it. Like, say, you know, you're 35 and God asked you to move to a little town you never heard of in North Carolina. And then you're like, okay, God, I will go in about 15 years when my kids are grown. And that will be a great time to do that. I want to do that. But is that when God told us to do it? No, that's disobedient if we did that. But then what if we came or like, not going to make any friends. I'm not going to have any fun. This is awful. I'm going to go. I will do it, but I'm not going to like it. Is that right either? No. So that's kind of silly, but obedience is important no matter how old we are. Right, Mr. James? That's right. That's right. Okay. We're ready to greet one another, a little children's church style. Yeah. All right. Are y'all ready for this? It's going to be different today, but it's going to be fun. Okay, let's stand up. Everybody stand up. Okay. Okay, we're going to keep the fun going with some more children's worship songs. So we know these won't be familiar. And surprise, surprise, they've got motion. So, but don't uh, worry about that. It's um, just listen to the words in the heart of the song. That's all you get from it this morning. Just know that this is what the kids are singing and what they know. And so that's going to be great. All right. And can everybody see the kids? Why don't y'all get on the front row up here? That would be better. Can y'all move? Can y'all move over there just to right here? Right here. You don't have to stand in front of everybody. Just everybody's looking at me anyway. I, I'm going to make a fool of myself. There you go. Whoa. All right. Now, the kids know the motions, so they should be doing them. Y'all don't be embarrassed, okay? Because everybody's going to be looking at me. Okay? All right, here we go. All right, everybody be seated. Y'all can just stay right there. It'll be fine. That pew's the same. It'll hold you up. All right. Um, Typically, Carrie leads the music. Y'all can tell all the rhythm I have is just in my head. Um, so, uh, after that, we'll go into the big picture question. Um, after the kindergartners and the younger ones are dismissed, um, unless Amy, if you want them to stay, then, okay. Okay. All right. So so now we will go into the big picture question. So the question is, who is invited into the kingdom of heaven? What do y'all think, kids? Who's invited into the kingdom of heaven? What do you think? People who believe in Jesus. Both of y'all are right. So the answer is, everyone is invited to the kingdom of heaven, but few will choose to come. So everybody can go, but not everybody's going to make that choice. And we're going to talk about a parable that Jesus gave. It's the parable of the wedding feast. And this is going to explain... Why that's possible. In the parable of the wedding feast, Jesus says, This is what heaven will be like. In heaven, you have a king. And the king is going to throw a wedding feast for his son. In Jewish culture, a wedding feast is one of the most important things there is. The husband and wife were betrothed. And that means they were legally married. But they would separate and go back to their parents' houses. Well, the wife would go to her parents' house, and the husband would go and prepare a house. And in doing that, once he finished, he would come, and it would be a surprise. Nobody would know when he was going to come, 
and he would come and get his bride, and the wedding would begin. Well, this is what the wedding feast is. So the king's son, he tells his servants, it's time for the wedding feast. I've killed the best oxen and the fatted calf. Go get everyone that is invited. So the king sends out the servants, and the servants go to everybody that's been invited. And they say, nah, we can't come right now. I've got things to do. I've got to go to my farm. Another guy says, I've got to go to my business. So they've got things to do. They can't come. So they come back and they tell the king, you know, your majesty, nobody, none of the invited guests can come. And he is so angry. And he says, you go tell them again. It's time for the wedding feast. It's time to come. So they go out all over and they get the same responses. People say they're too busy. Some people mistreat and even kill the servants. And they come back and tell the king what happened. And the king is so angry that he says, fine. None of the servants, none of the invited guests can come. None of them. And I'll send my army and take care of them and I will destroy their city. You go into all the world. Get everybody you can find. I don't care if they're good. I don't care if they're bad. Bring them to me. Bring them to the feast. So they do that. So they go get them. And at the wedding feast, the king sees one man who he's not dressed for the wedding feast. He's just wearing whatever he wanted to do. And the king walks over and he says, Why are you not dressed for the wedding feast? But the man has no response. He can't say anything. So the king says, bind him by his hand and his feet and throw him out. And Jesus says, that's what heaven's going to be like. So through this parable, there's tons and tons of imagery that we get from the Bible. Um, The king, who do you guys think the king is in the wedding feast? Who do you think it is? It's God. That's exactly right. Um, so if God is the king, who is his son that's getting married? Jesus, right. So God is the king and Jesus is the son. So what is the wedding feast? What do y'all think that possibly is? You know, that is, that means the Messiah has come. Yep. And the invited guest, they are all the Jewish people. All the Jewish people are invited because they are God's chosen people. But y'all know, what did they do to Jesus? You know? You remember? They crucified him. Exactly. They crucified him. They didn't want to come to the wedding feast. They said, he is not the one. We are not going to that. So God said, go get everybody else. Go get all the Gentiles. I don't care if they're good. I don't care if they're bad. Bring them to me. So now we can come to God because of Jesus. We can come and we can take part in the wedding feast, which is getting to go be with Jesus. Now, in the story, they go out and it says that the the Jews, the invited guests, that they mistreat some people and they kill some people. Now, those people that they send out, Those are what the people that spread the gospel. So Jesus is telling all 
all the followers he has, that when you go out, some people aren't going to like to hear what you have to say. They're not going to want to know about me. But you just let them be and go get anybody that wants to come. Tell anybody that wants to come. So is that something that we could do? Can we go tell our friends who Jesus is? Exactly, yeah, we can tell who. Who can we tell? Can we tell just our good friends? Everyone, exactly, Layla. We can tell everybody about Jesus. Now, the king, he sees one man that's not wearing wedding clothes. Why is that important? What do y'all think? It sounds crazy, doesn't it? That the king is God and he sees one man not wearing wedding clothes and he says, throw him out of here. Well, the wedding clothes... When we come and we take part in Jesus' wedding, what we're dressed in is Jesus' righteousness. What makes Jesus good? All of it. We are wearing what so God will see Jesus as us. So God sees one man that's not wearing that. And he says, how did you get here? Throw him out. He is not, he does not have Jesus. Um, So... That is the story of the wedding feast. When it says in our big picture question that everyone's invited, but only a few will come. Only a few will choose to follow. That's what it's talking about. Only a few. The entire nation of Jews, they rejected Jesus to begin with. They all chose not to follow him. So, with that... We will go into our Bible story and listen about this just a little bit more, okay? Okay. So the video just kind of went over exactly what we just talked about. Uh, You remember how I said that in Jewish culture, that the husband, nobody knew when he was coming, right? He just went and surprised. It could be in the day, it could be in the night. Nobody knows when he was going to come. So it's a complete surprise. So the man in the video who wasn't dressed for the wedding, was he prepared? When you go to a wedding, do you wear a t-shirt and shorts? What do you think? What do you do for a wedding when you go to a wedding? Huh? You say wear a bathing suit? The beach wedding? Yeah, you dress up. You said fancy, didn't you? Yeah, you dress up fancy. You dress up nice. You wear church clothes, right? Yeah. We want everybody just to look nice at a wedding. Well, but... That wedding, you didn't know when it was going to be. You didn't know when it was going to start. So the man wasn't prepared. He didn't have Jesus. So was he allowed to attend the wedding? No, he wasn't. And that's the crazy thing about that story. That we don't know. We don't know when Jesus is going to come. So it's so important that we have a relationship with Jesus. That we know him. Because we don't know when he's going to come back, right? Okay. So, um, now we're going to go to a time of invitation. Um, And if there is any questions in your mind, whether you're ready or not, or anything like that, you can please come and you can talk to me, or you can talk to Mr. Bobby, or you can talk to Jesse, or you can talk to Miss Carrie, or you can just talk to any adult. Um, Or if you're an adult here and you are not ready for the wedding... This doesn't apply just to children. Uh, This is universal. If you are not ready for the wedding, then you may get thrown out. So 
with that, we're going to go to uh, Jesus that loves me. I just want you to know that when you're in a smaller room uh, and everybody's ready for children's church, that there's a lot more excitement and it's a lot easier to do, okay? Uh, it's tough to sell children's church to you guys because you didn't know you were getting it this morning, okay? And so what we want is uh, we want some, some lively volunteers to jump in and help out. Uh, I'll share more about that with you in a second. But at this time, our ushers are going to come forward. And as they come, I'm going to pray uh, for our offering. Father, we thank you for all the blessings you give us in life. Father, we thank you for the way that you take care of us financially. Father, we thank you for your hand of provision. And Father, now I pray that you would uh, bless our tithes and offerings uh, that we give back to you. And Father, we pray that you would take them to do mighty things for your kingdom. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, Just to let y'all know uh, what that was, because I didn't explain it beforehand. Um, Each week, the children will have a missions video um, that typically relates to the story that we just went over. Um, So that's what that was, and that'll just be also just in the presentation. So, All right, so before we wrap things up, one of the difficult things about church that I always found uh, before I became a pastor was that I always felt like the church and pastors, they wanted so much from me. You ever been there? You ever felt like like a couple of you guys are like all in? Like, yeah, definitely, I understand. Well, what I felt like was that, okay, my this, your spiritual life is so complex and there's so much that you're supposed to be doing. And so what I mean by that is that uh, as a early follower of Christ, I felt like that my Sunday school teacher really valued Sunday school. And that they wanted me to read my Sunday school lesson and keep up with it. Right? Everybody have a Sunday school teacher like that? It's important. Then I felt like the pastor was going through a series, and I felt like he wanted me to keep up with what he was reading also. Okay? I felt like he wanted me to read along with what was going on in his sermons. And so there's two things that we need to do now. And then I felt like if I went on Wednesday night, the pastor was going through something completely different on Wednesday night. And I felt like there was some prep work that needed to be done uh, in order to keep up with what they were going through on Wednesday night. And then when I looked around, I saw all these other men doing devotional studies during the week. Like I'm supposed to have a quiet time with the Lord also, and I'm supposed to be in prayer. And so I'm supposed to be keeping up with Sunday school. I'm supposed to be keeping up with the preaching. I'm supposed to be keeping up with Wednesday night. I'm supposed to be keeping up with a personal quiet time. So I got to come up with something new on top of everything that's being given to me. And so I just felt like there was a lot of moving parts in my spiritual life. You all been there and feel like it's a struggle to keep up sometimes? Maybe y'all should be here and I should be there Uh, because it's tough. Listen, and so what we want to do with uh, some of our children's ministries and what we want to do with some of our children's Sunday school classes and even with your life some is we're doing this in order to streamline what we do for our kids. And so the kids Sunday school curriculum is going to migrate to the same thing that they're going to do in children's church. And so they're going to do a a part of a story in Sunday school. They're going to go to do a part of this in children's church and then each week. We're going to send a devotional home with the parents of the students so that you can do a devotional during the week as your family devotion that falls right in line with what this curriculum is. And this curriculum is going to walk the kids all the way through the Bible, very much like I did with us about three years ago. And so we're trying to give you some tools to take your kids or your grandkids through the scriptures together to build some continuity. 
And I want to tell you, I went all the way through seminary, right? Seminary is a, is a master's degree level education in the Bible. And I made it all the way through seminary and the whole Bible didn't make a bit of sense together. Like I understood all the different pieces, but it took one Bible study like I walked you guys through three years ago to put the whole thing together and make sense of everything. And that's what we want to do for our kids. And so... They'll be doing Sunday school and children's church the same. We'll be sending you home with a family devotion that lines up with it. And then if you need any more background references or any more background to help out your family devotion, you can go online to the website and all of those sermons are still there where we walked through this on an adult level and you can help your kids out. Or you can call us and we'd love to help you walk your family through the scriptures as well. We've tried something like this once or twice before, and uh, it, it kind of stalled out. But I think this is good, wrapping Sunday school, children's church, all in one. Hopefully you saw that while Pastor James was going through this, he had a clicker in his hand, right? We took, uh, we took and we have a computer that's set aside for children's church. He's got a PowerPoint program all loaded onto that computer for each week. And so when you show up to do children's church, you have to have studied the Bible story right? Like you would any other thing that you do. And then you, you start the computer, pull up the PowerPoint. It's all really easy to do. It's stuff that most of you do at your work anyways. And then you take the clicker and all you do is flip through it. There's no other prep work other than you getting the story together, the Bible story together. All the songs are preloaded. All of the videos are preloaded. You just follow the script that's on the screen. There's not a bunch of books to flip through. It's going to be a piece of cake. It's meant to be user-friendly so that we can get as much help doing children's church with the kids as possible. Another thing that we hear sometimes is that I don't want to do children's church because of disciplinary issues. You watched Carrie walk through the rules on the front end, and they haven't had to do anything disciplinary-wise except for pray with a child or two, and then everything was okay. I want you to tell you something about church programs. Church programs are not made for kids that are overly disobedient to stay in, right? It's not our job to discipline everybody's child. If there's a problem with any child, you go get their parents, and their parents can take care of them. That makes good sense, right? If you're a parent going, oh, no, you keep them. No, you take them and do something with them. They're, they're, they're your job to discipline, not the church's job. And so if you get into children's church, I don't want you to think that there's going to be disciplinary issues because we support you 110% in getting someone's parent and letting the parent discipline the child and remove them from the class. We're behind you 100%. And you heard him say that that's never had to happen, though. They've got a no-fun chair that everybody's afraid to sit in because all the kids want to have fun. And so I hope this was uh, eye-opening for you. I hope that uh, everything makes good sense. And we're hoping that the biggest thing is that this gives our kids some continuity in walking them through the Scriptures. And we hope that we're able to help you uh, as moms and dads disciple your children in uh, reinforcing the things that we're teaching them on Sunday morning. Every- make good sense to everybody? All right, I think so, too. At this time, uh, we're gonna, uh, I'm gonna close this in prayer, but since our service was a little strange, I'm gonna ask June and Kathy, y'all come on down. <laughs> June and Kathy, uh, told me this week that they wanted to join the church. And so, uh, since we don't have a normal invitation, I'll just ask them to come on down. And, uh, so guys, <laughs> this is June and Kathy. I don't wanna mess up their last name too much, so you say it for me. Or be and so uh, I say, I can't help but say it's Spanish, right? They're Spanish in high school. So I say the two L's, uh, I roll them. But anyways, both of them are believers in Jesus Christ. Both of them have been baptized by immersion. 
they want to transfer their letter uh, from a fellow Baptist church in South Carolina. So all in favor of accepting the end of our fellowship say aye. All right, I'm going to ask you guys to stay here, and I'm going to close this in prayer. You guys come, make them feel welcome, and on your way out, I'm going to ask you to swing by if you're helping with vacation Bible school and pick up your shirt from Jesse back there in the foyer leading out. Make good sense? All right, let's pray together and we'll be Father, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for um, June and Daphne and the joint fellowship with our church. Father, we thank you for James and Carrie and the work that they're doing with our kids. And Father, we pray that you would keep the evil one far from our children. Lord, we pray that you would uh, use our church in a mighty way to plant the gospel in them. And we pray that you would allow us to see them to grow, to be fully devoted followers of Christ. Father, I pray that we would be a church making a difference in this world. I pray that we would make a difference first in the children you've entrusted to us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.